0: Today on It's Time. This is hard to understand. but If you understand that he, he became the curse, you'll understand what He said when He was on the cross. I hear the calling. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, Pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going first by first through the book of Galatians. So, turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. That's an act of faith, because it was a promise of a promise that was to come. It's the same way for all of us. And we exercise faith all the time. Sometimes we exercise faith in the wrong areas and do the wrong things. But as we look at this here, he says, Beforehand, in you, all the nations of the world would be blessed. So here's the thing. Abraham, that there's going to be a promise to you, that through your descendant, the whole world is going to be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with the believing Abraham. See, Abraham, and this is the idea directing this to the Jewish nation saying, no, you've you got to keep all the commandments. you got to do this. To be right with God, you got to do all these things. Paul is explaining Abraham didn't even have the law and he was justified. See, and the reason I share this with you this morning is because I want you to know how to defend yourself when people come to you saying, no, no, you got to, we're, we're, uh, we're, you know, we, we keep the Sabbath. I keep Jesus. All the, the requirements of the law were fulfilled in Christ. And verse 10 goes on. For as many are of the works of the law, are under the curse. Yeah, by the way, the law cursed us. You see what I mean? You say, well, what, what does that mean? Years ago, there was no speed limit through Nevada. I know a lot of people still don't think there is, but there is, Okay. And there was no speed limit. You could go as fast as your clunker could go. When you got near the towns and it would tell you 50 miles an hour or whatever, you'd have to slow down. But out on the open road, let her fly. And that's what people did. I remember a friend of mine telling me they saw a car coming towards them. This was about 100 miles north of Las Vegas. They saw a car coming towards them. And all of a sudden, the car just vaporized. It just started rolling and tumbling. Pieces flying everywhere. That's why they put a speed limit in, I think. But the point is, where there was no speed limit sign, you weren't breaking the law. You could go 110. You were breaking no laws. But the minute they put the sign up, 70 mile an hour, anything over that, you're breaking the law. The law All it does is point out what our limitations are. It was that which revealed to us, hey, you can only go this fast. Well, that's what he's saying. As many of the works of the law are under the curse. In other words, the law can't redeem us. The law shows us what we're doing wrong. Now again... Abraham was justified by faith hundreds of years before the law ever came along. So it's not in keeping the law that we're right. It's by faith in God. Abraham experienced this as well. Now he says, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things that are written in the book of the law and to do them. So here's the deal. If you're under the law you're really not under the grace of Jesus. And the law doesn't justify us. The law shows us how bad we need a Savior. And so it says, no one is justified in the law in the sight of God, for it is evident the just shall live by faith. This is in Habakkuk 2.4. In the Old Testament, this is the way believers, true believers in God, live, not under the law, but in faith. Now you say, well, what's the point here? Simply this. Are you trying to earn your salvation or are you trying to just receive what God's given you? You see, the, the law isn't bad. The the law shows us where the blessings of God are. It shows us how things work. But I'm not justified by keeping the law. I'm justified in faith. You know, the, the, the Bible says, do not steal. Well, what if I want to steal anyway? Well, what's the rest of that? Don't steal, lest the man who owns what you're stealing come home and shoot you with a shotgun. Ah! That makes sense. You see, there's a way to live. And the Bible tells us the way we are to live. But the just shall live by faith. Old Testament or new. Habakkuk being in the Old Testament, it was the same thing. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, and Jesus was cursed for us. Now, this is hard to understand. But if you understand that he, he became the curse... You'll understand what he said when he was on the cross. Jesus uttered seven things from the cross. And one of them was, Father, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? In fact, this question comes up sometimes on the program To Every Man an Answer. The reason Jesus said, Father, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? Jesus became our sin. He became our curse. So when he died, he paid our debt. That's good news, friends. So he says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Friends, it's by faith you're saved. Isn't that great news? It's not by works. Do you know how many religions of the world this morning, this week, manipulate their congregations, manipulate their followers by saying, get out there and do a bunch of really good stuff. And they got their list of creeds that they do. And if you truly want to go to heaven and you're not right with God, go burn so many incense sticks or, or, or go feel, say so many prayers or do some charitable deed. Friends, all those things that we need to do, if we do it for the right reason, it's great. But if we 're doing it out of obligation, out of guilt, well, I hope I can get good enough, and maybe you know maybe doing this one charitable deed will will, will punch me over the top. You see we 're not saved by our works. if our works could save us, if keeping the law could save us, Jesus would not have come and died on the cross. And people somehow don't get this. And you say, well, Mike, this is so elementary. This is so simple. Yes, it is. And why the cults thrive, I have no idea. How dark is that deception, friends? Everybody's out. and, And you look at what, you know, the Bible is not hard to understand. But Jesus said, except a man become as a child, he'll not enter into the kingdom of heaven. God didn't make it hard. And yet you have people, whether it's baptism for the dead, or whether it's it's penance or, or um, purgatory or something. The book of Hebrews says it's appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment. Nowhere in the entirety of the Bible does it ever say there's a second chance for mean old Uncle Fred, we'll just pray him out of purgatory, or we'll just get baptized for the dead. For No, there's no second chance. It's appointed in a man, once to die, and after that, the judgment. Now, the good news is this. If you come to Christ, we die with him. That's the good news. And then we're alive. You see, we're all going to leave this earth someday. I pray that whether it be the rapture, or you may make it before me, or I might make it before you. If, you, if I make it before you, uh, I'll be part of your welcoming committee. If you make it before me, same thing. But we understand that we don't go to heaven because we've earned it. We understand because we've received it. And you see, once you learn, once you get this principle down as a Christian, the religions, the cults, have no longer a hold on you. Because there's that always saying, well, you know, real Christians worship on Wednesday or Saturday or whatever. No, that's not what the Bible says. We're saved by faith. Brethren, now he says, Brethren, I speak in the manner of men though it, it is only man's covenant, yet if it is confirmed, no one annuls it by adding to it. Now, Abraham and his seed were the promises made. It does not say, and to his seeds, that would be speaking of his kids, but as many as one, and to your seed, singular, that is Christ. And this I say, that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant, which was confirmed by God beforehand in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. In other words, Abraham, 430 years before the law came along, was justified by faith. And there's nothing you can do to add to that. The only thing we can do is realize what the law was about. So he says, for if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer a promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. In other words, I'm going to do this in the future. It was by faith. And here it is. What purpose then does the law serve? Here's the big question. It was added because of transgressions. Now understand that. You know, it's really weird. People like to see, and kids are like this. You say, honey, don't go outside of the yard. Don't go over there. And they'll look at you, and they'll look back down, and they'll move over. Don't go any further. And they'll look and see what you're going to do. It's the same way we are. How close can I get to the line before I've done something wrong? It's the wrong heart. You know, it's like people say, well, you know, If we knew when the rapture was, we could party up to the last day, then repent on the next day, and then go in the rapture. Well, that's not the heart that we should have. The idea maybe would be, Lord, how much time do we have left to know how many more things I can do for you? That's the right heart. Well, he says, what purpose does the law serve? It was added because of transgressions. In other words, when does a sin become a sin? Till the seed speaking of Jesus should come to whom the promise was made and it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator now a mediator does not mediate for one only but God is the one it is the law then against the promises of God certainly not for if there had been a law given which could have given life, truly righteousness would have been through the law. If there was something the law could do to make us holy, then that would have been wrote down. But it doesn't. It identifies us as sinners. Somebody said one time, does sinning make me a sinner? No. Sinning proves what we are. We're rebellious by nature, the Bible tells us. Verse 23. But the Scripture has confined under, it, under sin the promise of faith in Jesus Christ that it might be given to those, to those who believe. But before faith came, we were all kept under the guard of the law, kept for faith which would afterwards be revealed. Uh, the, the law showed us what we needed. The the law never meant to justify us. It meant to show us how bad we needed a savior. Therefore, the law was our schoolmaster or our tutor that brought us to Christ, that it might be fulfilled, that, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under the law or under the schoolmaster or under the tutor. The law showed us we needed a savior. But now that we're in Christ, we don't need the law anymore. You're free in him. Now, what does the Bible say about that? For a believer, all things are lawful, but not all things are the best for us. Paul tells us that. What does that mean? We have freedom in Christ, but we don't want to misuse the freedom. We don't want to go out and say, hey, now that I'm saved, I can go out and sin. Here's why. Sin never does us good. The devil knows how to make the worm on the hook look so enticing, but we don't see the hook. God's word, via his Holy Spirit, says, here's the danger. You buy into the into the lie, there's going to be a hook in there that's going to hurt you. You might feel the pain today. You might feel the pain in a week. You might feel the pain in 20 years, but guaranteed, sin never does us any good. That's just the way it is. Why? God knows something more about sin than I do. God says, this is going to get you. So what do I need to do then? Well, God, I I don't want to sin, not because I won't go to heaven, but Lord, because I don't want the pain in my life. I don't want the pain in somebody else's life. So, So God, this is what motivates us out of the world that we were in. All things are lawful, But not all things are the best for us. I've got to take in faith what God says about these things that there's going to be damage to me, damage to you, if we find ourselves becoming entangled in them. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster, no longer under the tutor. I pray today, you're in Christ. I pray God has opened your eyes up and you and and it's not something that we ever do in ourselves to make us holy Going back to that first question if you died today Would you go to heaven? Well, i've done the best I can by the very statement of that. They're saying I am trying to generate my righteousness Can't do it Righteousness is a gift that comes from god. In fact the last few verses here. It says for you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. By the way, the religions of the world will say, you're all sons of God. and They don't, leave, they don't read the rest of that verse. We're all sons of, of God through faith in Jesus Christ. That's where the, the unity comes from in the brethren. He says, for as many of you were baptized into Christ. Not in the water. This is talking about being baptized in the family of God have put on christ now this word for put on christ this is what i've always talked about it's like putting a coat on you wrap god's righteousness around that's what makes you holy you never have to earn that that's something god gives you that's god's grace where there is neither jew nor greek there is neither slave nor free there is neither male nor female for you are all one in christ jesus isn't that good to know that god doesn't have favorites and what he's done for others, he'll do for you. And all you need to do is step out in faith. You know, Abraham was essentially a nobody. And he just believed God for what he said. Have you all make a great nation? And Abraham goes, Okay. Same for us. What do you want to see God do in your life? Well, God, I just want to do what you want me to do. God is the way to do these things. And if you're Christ then you're all Abraham's seed and heirs according to his promise. Something that God says he will do in you in the future. When you say yes to God, you begin that faith step. And then God just continues to add to our lives. Again, when I read the Bible, it tells me what pleases God, what tells me what doesn't please God. But I know this, that when I do what God says, God blesses that, and gives us the next step. This morning, if you're not a Christian, I want to encourage you, if you've never received Christ as your Savior, if you're out trying to earn it, well, you know, I was baptized when I was a baby. Well, that's good. am glad to see you survived. But that doesn't make you saved. Because salvation never is generated by anything I do it's what God gives to me, what God gives to you. That's what God does. God does this because He loves us and He forgives us when we don't do what we're supposed to do. See, as a child of God, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, that isn't only when I'm doing things right, that's when I do things wrong and I go and I cry into Daddy's lap and say, Daddy, I really blew it. And God says, I can fix it. That's a dad. That's a dad for you this morning. If you've never received Christ as your Savior, and you're living outside, you're you're thinking, I can somehow make this happen. I can generate this. Stop. That's where repentance comes in. Righteousness does not come from ourselves. It comes from God. And now I can be about my dad's business. Daddy, what do you want me to do? I can live my life for me, or I can live it for him. All I need to do is say, okay, God, from this day forward, I'm abandoning my thing. I want your thing. And God then opens the doors and closes them according to his will. This morning, if you've never prayed, you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, we're going to pray right now. And you can pass from death into life. You can repent from the foolish, silly way we've all lived and live for him. And so if you need to pray, you pray this. And God will do as you ask. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life today. I ask you to make me the very best I can be for you. I repent of the silly way that I have lived. And so from this day forward, wrap me in your righteousness. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. His blood covered my sins. And so now, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Write my name in your book of life. I never need to be scared of dying ever again. And I commit the rest of my life to you this day in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that, welcome to God's family. God's got uh, so many wonderful things to show you through your whole life. He's not a far-off, a noble cosmos God. He's... The Bible says a friend that sits closer than a brother. Yes, he's also our God, but he also is a friend. Someone you can talk to. Someone you can get d- direction from. Someone you can ask God in your life. Open God doors. Close them according to your will. God, it isn't that I want a thing. I want your will. Now, we can say, God, should I buy this car? Should I buy this house? Should I go here? Should I go there? We can have all these different things. That's good. That's okay. But it isn't when I pray, God, I want this car. I want this house. I don't care about the thing. God, I want your will. Open and close the doors according to your best purpose for my life. That is where we move. And that's what God honors. This morning, I just want to invite you. If you prayed that, you don't have a Bible, I want to give you one. Got some got a little book called Time to Grow. It's a great little book that will help you. Uh, a couple of DVDs, God Wonders, and God made everything. God made you. He's got a purpose for you. Evolution versus God. This trips up a lot of Christians sometimes. And what about evolution since it's taught so freely in our schools and colleges in America? Uh, and how, what a lie it really is. And so I got some things I'd like to give you uh, following the service. Uh, those that are listening uh, on the uh, radio and the Internet, just contact us. And we want to be about Daddy's business here to help everyone grow in their relationship with God. It's something he gave us. Live in that. Luke says, in him, we live, move, exist, and have our being like a fish in water. Live in him. You're blessed. Father, for every person that said yes to you today, I pray, God, you just take your bucket of golden love and pour it all over them and let them know how much you love them and how much you want to do brand new things in their life. God, you're the healer. You're the rebuilder of our lives. And so this morning, for every person listening, we just ask you that your Holy Spirit would change, begin that purpose for us for eternity, and every day, every day closer to what you want us to do. And so, Father, this morning, may you just fill all of us with your Holy Spirit. May you remind us, the work you begin in us, you're going to complete it. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store, or by downloading it from the It's Time website at the RiverChristian Fellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time.